0: bird gang on today's show 10 more players are unveiled as mike jurecki counts down his top 50 draft prospects we discussed numbers 40 to 31 also there was a trade recently between the eagles and saints involving a swap of first round picks now they were mid-round picks so does that hurt or help the cardinals who select 23rd overall first though the fourth week of free agency gives us a fourth new face to the roster It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 551, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki.
0: Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com
1: slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki.
0: Well, this team continues to take baby steps in free agency, MJ, and I'm not sure. Yes, it's April. We still have five-plus months to go. But I am, I don't know, on the scale of 1 to 10, how concerned I am about the fact that there is still no edge rusher, no outside wide receiver, maybe about about a six. Call me a six on the scale of one to ten as far as how concerned I am that this team has yet to make a move to address those two, in my opinion, two glaring holes on the offense and defense respectively.
1: All right, as we sit here today, April 6th, looking at the draft, and I know we're talking about rookies. In some positions, you can plug and play, and some are a little bit more elaborate where you have to think when you get to the line of scrimmage, and we know football is played above the shoulders. The draft is deep at both of those positions. Now, Cardinals still have about three and a half weeks. Yep. I think they could try to sign possibly a player or two. Now, you get through the draft and you feel that need, all of a sudden, that, that you may have to wait. Until after June first, because they'll have some more salary caps see I still think there's a need even if you
0: no. fill those positions in the draft because I'm not comfortable playing a rookie week one,
1: okay, but I, here's what I'm saying though i you know how i feel. we talk about you know doubling up at certain positions, cornerback, edge rusher, um wide receiver, so in they really haven't added another wide receiver. Uh, obviously, probably still negotiating with A.J. Green. Um, do they wait for after the draft? But guys are going to start getting nervous. And when when you start having off-season workouts, you want to know where you're going to be, whether you make the roster or not. So, um, there's still some time, but I, I do think that it's deep in the draft. I know what you're saying. You can't rely on rookies, but there's certain pl- uh, positions I think you can plug and play. All right. There is one position. Actually, okay.
0: There are two positions that this team is set at. One is quarterback I think we've got our starter got our backup Trace McSorley hey what do you know maybe it's someone that you can use at some point years down the road so quarterback you're good the other position you're good at (laughs) you are set at tight end we have a move we have a free agency move at the tight end position again Tight end Stephen Anderson signed a one-year contract. Nothing against Stephen Anderson. 6'3", 230, 29 years old, three seasons, the last three seasons with the Chargers. Don't know too much about him, how he fits, but you've got Zach Gertz, you've got Max Williams, you got Stephen Anderson, plus you also have Alex Ellis, David Wells, and Deion Yeldard, Bernard Sykovitz. You have seven tight ends on the roster as we speak here early in April. That is one more than you have at the wide receiver position. You have more tight ends than you have wide receivers at the
1: moment. Yeah, and I don't want to be, uh, you know, the voice of reason here. It's April <laughs> 6th. Now, usually you bring six to camp, tight ends, and, and Psycho is, is still going to be um, exemption. No, he's no. Okay. he's part of the okay. team now. He's on the okay. roster. He counts. Uh, well, they'll bring six to camp. And the other thing is, normally you bring 12 to 13 wide receivers. Yes two off season workouts in camp based on obviously numbers at certain positions. So don't worry, they'll have it all figured out. Now uh, when we look at the, uh, you know, the b- different positions, you're hoping they're adding more talent to, but I look at the offense. I mean, you know, there's reports that they they're looking at the Kansas city running back. Um, he's been in for a visit, Daryl Williams, uh, obviously a guy that's versatile. I mean, Really, you need a number two wide receiver. And I, I think you look at the uh, the defense, there's more holes on the defense. Now, you can have another extra offensive lineman, um, obviously receiver. You want to create some depth at that position. But really, this draft, it, depending on what they do in free agency, I think this draft is going to be heavy on defense. And that would be the
0: norm, what we've seen in the past two drafts, based off of who you selected with the first overall pick in the first round. Isaiah Simmons, Haven Collins, so I can see that. But you also want to build around your young quarterback as well. If you see Kyler Murray as your future five, ten years from now, all right, well, what's the offensive lineman that's going to be around to protect Kyler Murray? What's the wide receiver that is going to be working with Kyler Murray for the next eight to ten years?
1: It's a good point because, you know, uh, Justin Pugh's getting older. uh, Calvin Beecham's getting older. Um, Both are on the final year of their contract. You know, Rodney Hudson's not getting any younger. I I agree. I I just don't know if I would take alignment. Now, if one of these stud guys drops, I mean, they got to consider, obviously, you know. um, But you make a fair point. I guess I I just look at the holes on defense. And by retaining some of their own players, I mean, at the end of the day, you could be right. It could be four and four, four offense, four defense. I I just look at if they could somehow – you know, get a receiver, a pass rusher, and a corner. And then you start to look at some of the other options on the roster. And maybe, they, you know, this draft is deep at tight end, um, but they just brought in another tight end. Maybe they feel like, you know what, maybe we'll take a – I think it's deep. But you look at his size, what is he, 230 pounds? He's the same weight as Demetrius Harris.
0: Now, he's not as tall as Harris, who was six seven. Now, Harris is unrestricted. Darrell Daniels is unrestricted. So, I understand you're always looking to get better. And if you find a tight end in the draft that drops and you like them better than what you already have, then it's a simple swap out.
1: And if he's a late pick, he could slide to the practice squad. But if you watch some of the highlights, and we got a chance to talk to our executive producer, Jimmy Amohundro, there are times that he does line up in the backfield. Now, that could be the Chargers' offense, but maybe he could be more of an H-back where he lines up and then he goes in motion because he, he almost looks like a, a, a tight end that can play a little bit of receiver. You think you think possibly – I mean, he's not a number two receiver. He's not a th- number no. three receiver. He's a third-string tight end. Can you imagine his team lining up and going three tight ends? <laughs> They did, I think, what was it, one game or a game and a half
0: late in the season where you had four tight ends active on game day. But, all right, so let's kind of project, kind of connect the dots. And I don't want to go as far as our colleague Ron Wolfley, who believes that the offense is going to look, uh, I don't want to put words in Wolf's mouth, but he thinks the offense is going to look different with more two tight end sets. But let's keep in mind, Max Williams is coming off an ACL injury, a devastating knee injury in week five. Should he be healthy? Well, time-wise, yeah, but we don't know. Plus, how much is he going to do in the offseason? He might not be ready until the start of the regular season. So, Steven Anderson comes in, 6'3", thirty. How good of a blocker is he? Last year, 16 catches, 165 yards, one touchdown catch. He did play better than 50% of the team's special team snaps, so that obviously is good when you want to say, all right, who's going to be active on game day? And all of a sudden now you do have a third tight end available if you want to kind of rotate your tight ends and Zach Ertz becomes more of a wide, wide receiver as far as lining up in the slot and Max Williams and maybe Steven Anderson has their hand in the dirt.
1: I think you bring up a great point. I really didn't connect the dots. Maybe, you know, when it comes to Max, he may not be ready right away and and that's that's acceptable based on when the injury occurred. And less than you want him to have a setback, and you can't just trust some of these young guys. So they went out and got a veteran guy uh, to get some reps and learn the offense. So that, that's a really good point. Um, I, I'm I'm in the same boat as Wolf, but I don't know how much Kyler's going to be under center. I do think 12 personnel. We know that you have the numbers. 11 personnel has been number one. 12 personnel has been number two, and then 10 personnel. And since Kingsbury's been in the league, the Cardinals have run 10 personnel, 21.5% more than any other team in football. But I do think getting those both of those guys on the field – now, I don't know how much Kyler's going to be under center. That's what Wolf's going to. But I do think we're going to see more 12 personnel. But we know teams – Close to 65 to 70% are running 11 personnel because all of a sudden you only have one or two good corners, and then we know tight, uh, tight ends are now matched up with linebackers and safety, so it's about matchups when you look at um, the different personnel groupings. Here
0: is how the Cardinals lined up last season. and This is courtesy sharpfootballstats.com. 10 personnel, 13% of the time. 11 personnel, meaning one tight end. of the time, the highest under Kingsbury in his three seasons, 12 personnel, two tight ends, 21%. So 11 and 12 personnel, one and two tight ends on the field, more than four wide receivers last season.
1: Well, and if you go back to the first year, 12 personnel was kind of obsolete. Maybe they didn't have the personnel. You know, you look at the, obviously you didn't have the the meat and potatoes in Max Williams his first year. So I think it was Ricky Seals Jones maybe. That's I think that sounds about right. Yeah. So and they were running a lot of four wide, and and they were getting going three and out. Now when you have the weapons, and you feel like you know, again this is this is what college reminds me of. You have a lot of good receivers, and then you only have one or two good corners. And then all of a sudden, these guys are putting up big numbers where when they get to the NFL, so in the NFL, I mean, the slot receiver and the slot corner are just as important as your number two corner now because of 11 personnel.
0: Based off what happened last season and how this offseason has gone as far as moves made, retaining versus adding from the outside, does it lend us to speculate that head coach Cliff Kingsbury has looked at what works what doesn't work and adapted evolved listened watched and said you know what I like what I like but I know that based off what I have in Zach Ertz which kind of fell into our laps if Max Williams doesn't get hurt there is no Zach Ertz on this roster last year or this year that's I don't think that's going out on a limb but perhaps maybe Kingsbury has seen we can be successful better long-term for an entire season with that extra tight end on the field, whether it's one or two. And then obviously with Zach Ertz being able to split out wide, we saw Max Williams do it. That again goes back to, all right, that outside wide receiver. How big of a deal is it? I think it is, but perhaps maybe not so much by those that are Getting ready for the regular season because they see the tight end being a little bit more of a focal point in this upcoming season.
1: You know, obviously after the season, nobody was uh, happy, um, and I'm sure you know it took a few days for everyone to cool down. But you know, I've I've asked around. You know, when I when I get a chance to talk to some of the coaches, you know, and and they and to a man, they've told me they've done a deep dive. Um, I mean. Are they concerned? They think that they could have a solution, but the proof is in the pudding. you got to show it. But, you know, I think Cliffs made strides every single year. Last year he became more of a head coach. You, you and I witnessed that in off-season workouts. I think we saw it in training camp. And now he's got to go back to, okay, what works? What am I forcing? So I think when you look at it, it's, it's about winning. It's not about, you know, um, pretty boy football you know, putting 40-up points on the board. How about just win games and be physical? And so I think, you know, the, uh, you know last year their balance was 48-52, to 52 run pass, and then all of a sudden, you know, it they, they was 75-25, and that's not the recipe for this team. So I I, I think he'll even be better as a play caller. Obviously he's more comfortable, but he's made strides. And I think when they go back and do a deep dive, besides hop missing and obviously the defense couldn't stop water and, def, you know, the offense was struggling – um hopefully they can ad- identify but to a man I've talked and I've talked to four or five coaches and they um they told us hey it, it happened we we know what happened and we have to figure it out but to a man though I, I got the impression like th- this is not a concern but the proof is in the pudding we need to see it late in the year this team
0: was 10 and 2 for a reason they didn't just fall into those 10 wins they didn't just get lucky in all 10 of those wins maybe one or two ie minnesota something was working, and then something didn't work. And you have to figure out what didn't work. And if you believe that you've corrected that, then you go back to, all right, those first 12 games, and all right, we can piece it together. And now we've got 17 games that we are very comfortable with, and we'll see how it shakes out. So, look, we're reacting in the now. Who knows what's going to happen the next day, the next week, the next month. But I do find it interesting that since the beginning, beginning with the re-signing of Zach Ertz, which was a couple of days before the unofficial start of Sunday before the o- open uh,
1: tampering period. So
0: if you count that move, the Cardinals have made 13 roster moves, either retaining or welcoming new faces. 13 roster moves. Three of those moves, almost 25%, have involved the tight end position. Now, it could be just circumstance, the way it happened, or – do we read
1: something into that? I would read into it. Now, the the key was resigning Zach Ertz and Max Williams, yeah. and, and and the fact that they, you know, Max is coming back on a one year deal. I, I still think they're going to run eleven personnel because you can run the ball out of that formation, and if they're able to retain or uh, sign Williams, I mean, he's a nice compliment back. He'd almost be Chase Edmonds. Nothing against Eno and Jonathan Ward, but you, you gotta have for some protection. We know James is gonna be carrying the rock, he's gonna be the bell cow. can he survive a seventeen game schedule so eleven personnel you got hop out there you you would have a tight end um and then you may you can line up um Ertz in the slot and put Rondell Moore on the outside so. That's going to be their base offense, and, and, and they want to play big boy football, and that's the idea of bringing in Will Hernandez and hopefully the offensive line. But uh, but the whole idea is, is is to win at the line of scrimmage and then utilize your play action, and if Kyler can stay healthy in a clean pocket, he can make every single throw uh, based on protection.
0: I'm glad you brought it up. Darrell Williams. I want to touch on him briefly here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Players reportedly in for visits in recent days or expected to visit according to reports. One is Darrell Williams, 5'11", 219. If he does sign, we can get more in depth, but you look at not so much a need because we're intrigued with Eno Benjamin, Jonathan Ward, Jalen Samuels. Don't really know how much he fits in, but you do have running backs currently on the roster. But if you can upgrade that position, then, yeah, Darrell Williams certainly would be that Chase Edmonds replacement, someone who can run the ball, be physical, maybe a little bit more so than Eno, and then also catch the ball out of the backfield, which he did last year, 47 catches for 452 yards and two touchdowns. Plus, he played on special teams, a little on special teams.
1: Yeah, and he played in a spread offense. So he, he, you know, plug and play, obviously he'd be the backup, but it, you can never have enough depth, uh, you know, depending on Connors, touches, and, and you know, obviously um, carries. We'll see what that number is. It's definitely going to go up from a year ago, and we know he was playing hurt. Um, you know, he's, he basically had broken ribs, and he still played and would not take a shot and I and I respect him because he was the only guy I thought showed up in that game. Unfortunately, he didn't touch the ball a lot. 202 carries last year for James Conner. It's going up. You think it's going up? I do. Well, if you get a compliment back, but listen, both of these guys, but let's not get ahead of ourselves until something happens. Short yardage, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Third and one, fourth and two. Obviously, Cliff likes to go for it between the 40 and 40. Um, on fourth down, uh, obviously to push the envelope a little bit. Um, but when it comes to short yardage and goal line, what do you have, 15 touchdowns, three, 15 rushing, and three receiving? Correct. Yeah. So, No, I, 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 I'm I, not taking him off the field on short yardage situations. The e- other, Even though you can have a good one-two punch. The other player reportedly in for
0: a visit, wide receiver Malik Turner, 6'2", 200 pounds, been with the Cowboys the past two seasons. Before that, two seasons with the Seahawks. By no means is he the answer to... At out out at outside wide receiver, he might be if signed in the mix next to Antoine Wesley. But that's another name that was out there, whether it happens or not. But again, a position that I would rank higher than tight end and running back. Yet we haven't seen any movement at that spot.
1: Yeah, but I like the size. Um he did have three touchdowns. Um, you know, obviously you get you get lost in Dallas with Michael Gallup and C D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and, and and Schultz the tight end and Ezekiel. Um but six two, I mean, yeah, I mean again, flood the position. They they're gonna bring twelve to thirteen to camp. You you said right now they only have what six six. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's April sixth. One less than they have at the tight end spot. <laughs> So Hey, Malik Turner, perhaps he becomes wide receiver number seven. Again, these are just players reportedly in for a visit. Want to touch on it in the event something happens, but we we'll, can do, can obviously do a deeper dive when that becomes official, and then we can really kind of speculate how that player fits in with the offense or defense.
1: All right, and we're to a point now, you're going to see a lot of reports that team players are making visits. Each team can bring in 30 prospects. Okay, each team was at – the senior bowl interviews there at the combine you have 45 don't forget the cardinals brought in daniel jones a couple of years ago when Kyler murray was the number one pick so um they did what they sometimes you want to do research on guys for in the future like they did meet with malik uh, willis at the combine i've I, you mentioned that a couple of times
0: and i did read that I, apparently he met with every team yes. at the scouting combine so there's that yeah but i'll say this if for whatever reason, between now and April 28th, that there is a report out there that the Cardinals, in for a visit, had a quarterback in for a visit. You only have 30 of them, and one of those was a quarterback? All bets are off. No, trust me. Cause Cause you don't you don't waste one of those visits no, no, on no, someone no. just to kind of they, throw out.
1: They've had – they, I believe it's been reported, so this is nothing new. I think they've worked out private workouts with at least two or three quarterbacks that may, may not be drafted. Okay. May not be drafted. Again, they brought in Daniel Jones. Yeah. They weren't going to draft Daniel Jones, but you want to get him on the chalkboard, and you got to do your due diligence. That's, I mean, yeah, you don't want to waste a visit, but let's say Kyler Murray didn't pan out, and where is this guy five years from now? I think they made the right decision.
0: But I, I put more stock – And these reports, as far as teams visiting with X draft prospect at their facility versus who that player met with at the scouting combine,
1: correct? Yeah, because now, now I mean, you got eight picks and your your board's going to be one hundred and fifty, and you only can have thirty, so you got to pare it down. And I'm assuming, I don't know this, I would think that they're bringing in wide receivers, pass rushers, corners. I mean, you, you you try to cover your your spot offensive lineman. I mean, that's probably defensive the f- lineman. Def- yeah, yeah. I think that's got to be the focus. I don't, you know, are you going to waste one on a tight end? I don't know. I mean, unless you love you know like one in the fourth or fifth round, but I, I would think the focus is on is the needs going ahead, and again, you get them out of their comfort zone because they've been coached up on the 15-minute interview at the combine. Okay, you get them here. Um, depending on if you think it's going to be your first, second-round pick, maybe you take him for dinner, maybe you take him to lunch, and you see how he, he acts at the table, his manners, uh, how he speaks. You go in there and watch film. Hey, what did you see on this play? This is the defense we're playing. What, what call would you make? Get him on the chalkboard. You know, take him out of his comfort zone, and that's how you get to know the p- person and the player versus them being on autopilot, You know, just giving you uh, c- cliché answers.
0: So the Cardinals getting as much information on draft prospects as possible, but also keeping an eye on what other teams are doing. And there was a, I don't know, minor shakeup, major shakeup, mid-first round. The Eagles and Saints swapping first-round draft picks. Saints now hold picks 16 and 19. The Eagles are at 18. All three of those picks ahead of the Cardinals at number 23. What does it mean? The Eagles, who had three picks, 15, 16, and 19, moved from 16 to 18 and dealt 19, plus a sixth-rounder for a third and a seventh this year, plus they got a future first-round and 2024 second-round pick. So the Eagles said, we don't want three first-round draft picks, but we'll take two in 2024. The speculation in Philadelphia is Jalen Hurts has one season to get things right. Otherwise, the Eagles, next year, will be looking at a quarterback. The big question mark is, why do the Saints want two picks at 16 and 19? Could they be in the market for a quarterback or another player to perhaps package those picks to move up into the top 15, top 10?
1: Yeah, we watched the Bears last year. When when you're picking, and I know the numbers are not 20, when you're picking 20 and you move up into top 10, it's expensive. Um. obviously maybe there's a lot of hype now about uh, Malik Willis um, but you got Jameis Winston he's really on a one year deal Dennis Allen's is, is, is the head coach he's been there for a long time I don't I mean I, I got to look at their off I mean there's really good offensive linemen out there I don't know who they would be moving up for or they just stand pat and, and build both sides of the ball I mean you could take a I mean Michael Thomas he missed all last year do you want to get some more weapons for Jameis Winston because you would find a nice receiver there? It would be interesting. I, I don't know if they're parlaying that because, to me, the, they have to build a roster. They've lost a lot of good players, and their defense has always been in the top five in New Orleans.
0: Saints are taking a lot of heat for the amount of capital that they gave up to have a second mid-round pick in the first round on day one. So they obviously have to have a plan. And the Eagles, you know, three first-round picks. Maybe it's not necessary this year, but they'll take that second first-round pick in 2023. There are eight teams now with two first-round picks this year. Eagles, Giants, Lions, Packers, Saints, all in the NFC, plus the Chiefs, Jets, and Texans. I don't have all their numbers, but when the Cardinals pick at number 23 – And there are teams ahead of them, i.e. the Packers pick at number 22. They just dealt Devontae Adams. You would think Green Bay is looking at a wide receiver. Now all of a sudden the Cardinals, if they have their eye on a wide receiver, they have to move ahead of Green Bay. There's an edge rusher out there. Everyone looks for an edge rusher. The Cardinals have to move up a couple of spots. Or there are a handful of edge rushers they like that they're comfortable staying pat. That's all this gamesmanship and picking up the phone and calling and trying to figure out what other teams are interested in, why teams hold mock drafts within their own war room to try to figure out, you know, who is ahead of us, maybe from 20 to 22, that, all right, we're comfortable with those three teams ahead of us because we know they're looking for X, Y, and Z. That's not what we're looking for. Now, if there's a move ahead of those, then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. Then you have to start working the phones.
1: Yeah, and when you're picking eighth, you kind of have an idea. When you're picking sixteenth, you kind of have an idea. And here, and it's a good, it's a good situation to be in um, because you made the playoffs. I mean, usually, you, you know, you look at the 12, 14 teams. Excuse me, to make the playoffs. I mean, this is where you're picking in the draft. So, yeah, this this draft is interesting. I, like I said, I we don't know. Um, we think we know. Um, <laughs> General managers get paid a lot of money, and sometimes it's hit and miss, um, including the, the, one of the best coaches in football, and Bill Belichick. He, he goes to pro days, he, know, he watches a lot of film, he loves guys from Alabama, Georgia, Rutgers, you know, obviously relationships he has, but nobody really knows. I mean, you, you put the work in, and you hope, and you do your research, and you come up with a solution, but... This draft, you know, we you and I were talking before the show, and we'll get into my uh, forty to thirty-one here coming up. But Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's the best player in the draft. But you look at Jacksonville did in free agency; they went out for offensive linemen. You got to get, you got to get a pass rush over there on defense. So who knows who's going to be number one? But it's you know, I'll just say this: this is very difficult this year because. You know, there's going to be Pro Bowlers coming out of this draft. They'll, there could be a Hall of Famer or two. You, this, we don't know, but Craig, I mean, I, it's just you don't have that top name, can't miss prospect. You know, when you had Mario Williams and Reggie Bush, and you, obviously, you know, the quarterbacks up with Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen and Josh Rosen and Lamar Jackson. I mean, you you, you could see there was some meat and potatoes uh, on that bone, on that steak bone, and here, like. It wouldn't surprise me if who's the first pick on the draft. I don't think it's a clear cut right now, so my point is, is like when you get down to like twenty two to forty five like depending on what what flavor you like or what's your favorite color, it's almost the same in this draft like there's a lot of great receivers, corners, offensive tackles, pass rushers. So it's really like, what is your appetite for in this draft? I think you, you can, you can, you can, you can obviously, you know, get your ap- uh, appetite in this draft. And I don't know if there's a can't miss prospect in this draft. I think it's wide open. Does that make sense? Yeah, mid-season, mid, mid-college season,
0: the big name was Kayvon Thibodeau, can't miss out of Oregon. Yes. And then as time progressed, people started doing a deep dive. They're nitpicking. They're finding holes in his game. He takes plays off. He doesn't. Doesn't go 100%, and then all of a sudden he's dropping to the point where I was listening to Peter King's latest podcast. He has Kayvon Thibodeau outside the top 10. Now, that would be a stunner to me because edge rusher, hard to find, and he's got all the measurables. You just wonder, is the passion there to be able to go? Does the motor run high? Exactly. It Does he have a little Marcus Golden in him? And that's kind of the example bird game that we use for Cardinal fans because we know no matter what, Monday night, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, Marcus Golden is going to go 100% regardless if this team is 10-0 and or 0-10. I don't see him dropping the 10. I, I I don't even. But that that's to your point as far as yes. is Aiden Hutchinson a can't-miss? Certainly had an outstanding season. But, again, on the other side, David Ojabo had a great season. So how much attention – Did Aiden Hutchinson really get? How many double teams was he really beating? You can make yourself sick when you're trying to break down who goes who or who should be ranked ahead of someone else. And I believe it was Daniel Jeremiah who said, basically, to your point, from 25 to 45 to 48, teams could have their 25, who they believe is a 25th best prospect. The team next door, they could have them ranked number 40. There could be that much of a difference depending on what they like and what fits within their offense or defense.
1: Well, you, you'll hear, you know, nationally and on local radio, well, um, the Cardinals may have to move up um, to get one of the, uh, the edge rushers. And then you hear Daniel Jeremiah, who studies film, talks to scouts, and he said this is a deep draft. You can go almost 20. 20. Now, again, obviously – Drafting a guy in the first and second round, third round, fourth round is a little bit different. But, I mean, besides maybe the first round, but the second and third and fourth, there may not be a huge difference. Is this more – is he a three-technique guy? Is a five-technique guy? Is a, is he, do I have a, a guy that's uh, in the final year of my contract and I'm going to draft him so I have something in the future? This is a draft where I think you're, you're really going to create a lot of depth in the future. On the roster now, you're expecting these guys to come in and play first, second, third round picks, at least to be active on game day.
0: If you want to be involved on day one of the 22 NFL draft, this is cool. Because once again, the Cardinals and Arizona four dealers are hosting a draft party at State Farm Stadium. First time since 2019. Parking and admission are both free. It begins on the Great Lawn outside State Farm Stadium at 4 p.m. There will be a special post-draft fireworks show concluding the party following the completion of the first round. Can go to azcardinals.com for more information, but the kids interactive zone, autographs, Cardinals players, cheerleaders, junior cheer, mini clinic as well. So a lot of fun, not only for those that, readily watch the draft, but the entire family as well. Again, from 4 to 9, or the completion of the first round, draft party presented by Arizona Ford dealers on the Great Lawn outside State Farm Stadium.
1: Yeah, the last time the Cardinals were able to do that was the year Kyler Murray was drafted. Of course, it was first overall, and then everyone was having a great time, and then they bailed. Um, You're going to have to wait now. The (laughs) Cardinals are picking 23rd, but get there early, get seated, you know. Watch the draft. Maybe you you get a chance to, you know, have a sheet of paper and you can figure out who's left on the board. Obviously, we're going to have a lot of festivities for you. Um, And so I I recommend you get there early. Uh, Again, the Cardinals are picking 23rd. They could move up. They could move down. uh, But it's going to be a huge party. And the fact that we're getting back to some normalcy, it's going to see the bird gang out there celebrating draft day.
0: azcardinals.com for more information on the Cardinals draft party Presented by Arizona Ford Dealers on Thursday, April 28th. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, let's get into Mike Jarecki's Top 50 Prospects. We began this on our most recent episode. You can go into the archives if you want to find out numbers 50 to 41. But on this episode, numbers 40 to 31. So some Names that you might be familiar with and, of course, obviously getting closer and closer to the Cardinals select at number 23. But as we look at number 40, Mike Jurecki's top 50 draft prospects checking in at number 40, Tulsa offensive tackle, Tyler Smith. He's a junior, 6'5", 324.
1: Now you start looking at him, Craig... Uh it was interesting. When I go back and look at some of these um, offensive linemen and defensive linemen, they don't do the bench press, which is interesting. So he, he actually ran a 5.02 in his 40. Um, but you look at a guy, he, his career games, he's played 23 um, starts, second-team All-American Athletic Conference. Um, he's a guy that really has um, he has long arms. But when you look at it, he started two games at left tackles during his redshirt year. Um Again, I think he's a guy that can go in the second or third round. He, you know, he's a guy that, um, when you look at his overall um, physique, they list him at 6'6", 332. But I don't know if he's a right more of a right tackle than a left tackle. And there's some
0: b- believe he might be moved inside to guard. Although it's six five, that's a it's a pretty tall guard. But the good news is is according to Pro Football Focus, he improved his run blocking grades each of the past two seasons. So there's some steady growth there. And as teams always like, get as much information as possible. Teammates with Zaven Collins at Tulsa. So perhaps someone's picking up the phone and calling Zavin and say, hey, tell me about this tackle, Tyler Smith.
1: And mean, he, he has 34 and a half a quarter arms. I mean, when you talk about tackles and guards, usually in centers are shorter arms, but that's good because he, you're not going to allow other guys to get their hands on you. So, Uh, Tulsa, he grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. So, obviously, they must recruit in that area.
0: So, Tulsa offensive tackle, Tyler Smith checking in at number 40. At number 39 go to the defensive side of the wall, Connecticut defensive tackle, Travis Jones, 6'4", 325, a senior who did very well at the combine and played well at the senior bowl.
1: Yeah, he ran a 4.92. His vertical was 28.5. His 20-yard shuttle, which I only pay attention to, is uh, 4.58. um, you look at him, he's also on Bruce Feldman's 2021 uh, freak list, um, reported bench 455 max, 32 bench reps, 615 squat, 28-5 vert. Um, you look at him, career high, 7 tackle for losses, 4 sacks and 11 starts. Um, he did not play it in that 2019 because of COVID concerns, so he's been a, there for at least four years. He accepted an invitation to the Senior Bowl. Uh, he led his team with four-and-a-half sacks, 25 quarterback pressures. According to Pro Football Focus, he started 11 games, did not play again. But he played 12 games in, in 2019 and 2018. So he has starts, and he's played in 35 games, 32 starts, uh, 133 tackles, 19 tackle for losses. So he's a guy that can push the pile.
0: Here's what Daniel Jeremiah wrote on NFL.com with respects to Travis Jones at the Senior Bowl. Quote, Jones was probably the most physically dominant player in Mobile. He consistently showed pure power. He was walking offensive linemen back to the quarterback the entire week. Daniel Jeremiah, again, we quote him a lot. MJ referenced him a lot. I put him in the category of Mel Kuyper Jr., of Todd McShay. Guys that do this for a living pay attention, and in the case of Daniel Jeremiah has a background in scouting at the NFL level. So, you put a lot of stock in what he has to say, what he has to write. So Travis Jones, an intriguing prospect, certainly fills a need on the interior of the defensive line.
1: No doubt about it. I, I love the size, and that, that's good to know from Daniel because he obviously was there, and they do wall-to-wall coverage and path to the draft. So that that's him and Bucky Brooks and Charles Davis. I really enjoy their their podcast and also their coverage when it comes to the NFL Network.
0: Continuing to count it down, and at number 38, Alabama linebacker Christian Harris, 6 feet, 226, off ball linebacker. He's a junior, played well at the All American Bowl.
1: Yeah, he ran a 4 uh, 4, 40. His verk was, uh, vertical was 34.5. 2021, 12 tackle for losses, 5 sacks, and 15 starts. Um, Obviously, sometimes you get, you know, um, overlooked when you play on that Alabama defense, but clearly a guy that started all 15 games, 12 tackle for losses, second on the team behind Will Anderson Jr. He started all 13 games at Will Linebacker on on the national championship team. He suffered an injury. Um, He was a, um, as a freshman, he made made the all-freshman team, played in 13 games. So he has, you ready for this? He has 40 starts in his career. At Alabama, of course, when you play 13, 13, and 15 games, you're playing in bowl games. Um, wow, tackle for loss is 27. Again, he's he's more of a, a off-the-ball linebacker, so you're not going to see him get to the quarterback. But 221 tackles, and he solo tackles 126. And you look at pass breakups, he had six there, quarterback hits. So he looks like a guy that was really active from sideline to sideline.
0: Well, 79 tackles this past season, 45 of those solo tackles. So, someone that can wrap up And this past season, semi-finalist for the Butkus and Lombardi Awards. So, yeah, maybe he gets lost in the shuffle because where he plays, but certainly plays against quality competition and plays deep into not only December but January as well. So, Alabama linebacker Christian Harris checking in at number 38.
1: Another freak list from Bruce Feldman, I don't know how many he has, um, reportedly 405 on a power cleat. So that's basically, it just shows you how much weight this guy, is 6'2", 232, and he's putting up that kind of weight in a power cleat, that's pretty impressive.
0: All right, now in at number 37, the first quarterback on Mike Jarecki's top 50 draft prospects. Mississippi QB Matt Carroll, Jr., 6'2", 212 pounds, finished seventh in the Heisman Trophy voting second team all SEC which says something coming out of that conference former four-star recruit out of high school but he is your first quarterback on your big board
1: yeah I only have a few um I give this young man a lot of credit played in the bowl game obviously you know you don't ever want to see anybody get hurt uh 2021 second team all SEC I don't think he gets enough credit for that one of five quarterbacks with 2020 uh one of five quarterbacks with 20 passes and only 10 rushing touchdowns, uh, led FSB with 384 yards passing per game. So you know he can throw the football. I think he needs to go to a team that has a starter, probably like the Lions. Let him sit for a year, but I think Matt Correll will be a starter in the league in the next two, within two years. Not now, but within two years, maybe you take him at the first pick in the second round, um, unless you know, obviously. Pickett and Willis will be off the board. We'll see about Ritter um, when it comes to the quarterback position. But I, I, I think he's more of a, you know, if you're Detroit or somebody's picking high in the second round, I think that's a really good spot for him.
0: 68% completion percentage this past season, so accurate. And we have seen guys like Josh Allen improve, improve their accuracy at the next level. But going in at 68%, that's pretty. It's pretty good for Matt Carroll.
1: Well, you're right. He set a school record completion percentage, started all 13. He did suffer that ankle injury in the Sugar Bowl. X-rays were negative, and that's really good news because a lot of guys would tap out knowing that he could be a first-round pick.
0: All right, back to the defense at number 36. Penn State outside linebacker Arnold Ebiketzi, 6'2", 250, a senior, and this one is someone that a lot of people are high on when you talk about edge rushers, maybe not the high tier but that second tier that could make some noise for a team looking for someone to get after opposing quarterbacks. Yeah,
1: he's not the tallest guy. He's 6'2 and 3-8, three, three as you mentioned. He did bench 21. Um, his vert was 38. His arms are 31 and a half, so that's good. He accepted an invitation to the Senior Bowl. First team All-Big Ten Conference. Led the team with nine and a half sacks, 18 tackle for losses. His quarterback, uh, his um, rating from pro football focus, 88.4. Second among behind only Aiden Hutchinson. So, uh, this guy, 52 quarterback pressures uh, just last year. So, he's a guy that can get to the quarterback. We know Penn State was one, you know, under James Franklin, they've been one of the better teams. Obviously, look at Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, um, but he probably doesn't get enough credit. But he's not the tallest guy, but maybe more like an Elvers, Doomersville. Uh, a Dwight Freeney where they're only six-two, six-one, but they have the ability, and you look at his size, 250, so I'm sure he's got a lower torso that's thick where he can win off one-on-one matchups. But I I do think this is a guy that, you know, everyone's talking about the top six, seven, or eight, um, but I wouldn't fall asleep on him.
0: KT has not been playing football long. Born in Cameroon, moved to the U.S. when he was 12, first started playing football his sophomore year in high school. So still a little bit raw. And, again, maybe he's not the week one answer, but maybe a long-term answer. And remember, when you're drafting in that first or second day, you're looking for immediate help, plus also for someone that you hope you can build around for the next five, six, seven years.
1: Yeah, he speaks English and French. As you mentioned, his family moved to Maryland when he was 12. He played soccer and basketball when he first arrived. He is actually from the same city as Joel Embiid.
0: Okay. Well, we know how Joel Embiid plays on the basketball court. Maybe Katie plays just as well on the football field. He checks in at number 36. Moving on down, Mike Jarecki's top 50 draft prospects. And at number 35, Washington cornerback Kyler Gordon, a junior, 5'11", 194. Don't let that 5'11", fool you. According to those that watch film, he plays much bigger than that 5'11" frame.
1: Yeah, again, Bruce Feldman said he's on his freak list. He reported a 42.5 vert, 3.87 on a shuttle. That's kind of freakish. Now we know when it comes to Washington, even though Jimmy Lake is no longer there, um, teams value their their defensive backs. The, the old saying was, if you didn't, he didn't think you were going to play in the NFL. He would not recruit you. Cardinals obviously have gotten Buda Baker, Byron Murphy there. So when it comes to Washington, and I know that he's no longer there, but obviously they've been recruiting these guys for years. He is a little uh, thin, 6 feet, 200 pounds. First team All-Pac 12 Conference. Second team Honorable Mention All-Pac Conference. Two-time in 2019 and 2020. Um, Again, only had led the team with seven pass breakups, started all 12 games. Um, He redshirted his uh, initially now. He did win a uh, spotlight dance competition at the age of eight because his mo- his mother was a, gymna- uh, a gymnastics uh, teacher, and so that was his claim to fame.
0: Joined the Seattle Storms hip-hop dance troupe at the age <laughs> of nine and uh, background in kung fu. I- I'll bring this up. First team all Pac-12, and that means something because, don't forget, he got tested because his teammate, Trent McDuffie, who might – Hear his name called ahead of Kyler Gordon, but you talk about cornerback prospects; point. those two on the same defense in the same secondary, so it's not like you can target one over the other. Both were getting a lot of attention.
1: Yeah, and again, not bad. I mean, you look at six feet, two hundred pounds. I mean, there's five eleven corners. You like to have these guys, you know, um, a little bit taller, and but you also need somebody that's going to be physical in the run game. You just can't be the you know six foot. Uh, you know, string being out there. His arms are 31 and a half, but I like the 4-5-2 four, 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 uh, four, that he ran. Uh, no, not, not everyone's 4-4, four, four, but, but you could see uh, just based on his experience playing there, um, you know, he's a guy that does, he, he does really good at the line of scrimmage. So in other words, he's, he's, he's been taught about technique at, when it comes to press coverage, trying to not allow that receiver to get any kind of release at when the ball snapped.
0: Washington cornerback Kyla Gordon at number 35. Number 34, another outside linebacker, USC's Drake Johnson, 6'3", 254. He is a junior, a little bit bigger than Ebiketee and maybe a little bit more skillful as far as the measurables are concerned and how well he did at the scouting combine. But Drake Johnson comes in on Mike Jarecki's big board at number 34. Yeah,
1: I I, th- I think he he's getting lost also. Like, you, you know, other guys, when you start looking at, you know, the top six or eight pass rushers, 6'4", 250. Um, his vert was 36-5. His, his arms are 34, which is good. He was second team all packed conference, played in 11 games, nine starts at linebacker. So he's a guy that can do a little bit of both. He may not play with his hand in his dirt. Um, And you look at it, you know, he played in 28 games, started 26. Uh, Last year was probably a more productive year. He did have um, eight tackle for losses, 25 in his career, 12 and a half sacks. So um, when you look at him as a whole, maybe he's a more of a guy that can put his hand in the dirt and also play a little bit of outside linebacker than just playing uh, defensive end. Told reporters at the Combine, quote, I just like to kill the quarterback.
0: <laughs> and, hey, that's what your job is, to get into the quarterback face and hopefully knock him down. But Drake Johnson, another one of those edge rushers. Again, we're talking about a deep edge rush class, according to many – Daniel Jeremiah among them, and Drake Johnson in at number 34. Keep in mind, Cardinals pick at 23 and 55, first round, second round, respectively. This is
1: interesting. His father asked the hospital to put Drake Johnson from the University of Southern California starting linebacker coming at 260 pounds on his birth certificate. So
0: spoken, it wrote it into existence. <laughs> okay. Destined to happen for drake johnson we'll see what the destiny is for him in the national football league checking in at number 33 another offensive lineman kenyon green out of texas a&m 64 323 junior three-year starter can play everywhere on the offensive line except center did not play any center although he did tell reporters that he is willing to learn the center position but he is a tackle and a guard
1: Uh, I know the Cardinals have interest in Kenyon Green now that's all before Will Hernandez I'm sure a lot of teams picking in between 18 and 25 Um, it's a heavy offensive tackle draft it's a heavy pass rusher um, corner wide receiver so he could slide Again, I don't know if the Cardinals, obviously we talked about it earlier start planning for the future, but I think when you draft the guy in the first round and it will Hernandez is your right guard, this guy with red shirt, and I don't think the Cardinals want to do that based on what happened in the last couple of years now. He ran the the he, he he's a tough guy, his arms are thirty four and the eighth um listen to this he, he's played in thirty five games, started thirty five games he's played over a thousand snaps. 1,131 snaps. He's given up five sacks. Wow. First team uh, Associated Press, first team All-SEC, first team finalist for the Lombardi Award. Um, This guy, I mean, he played right tackle, right guard, left tackle, and left guard. And, again, you know, this guy is, is very versatile. Um, but it's interesting because if they didn't sign Will Hernandez, I would have thought this, and it still could be. I mean, you're looking at the future. But he, he again, he's not a he's not a tackle, and just like they get they kind of get uh, knocked for it in centers and guards, they don't go as high unless you're Quentin Nelson. You know, Jonathan Cooper was obviously was a guy that everyone believed in. Leonard Davis, you didn't know what position he was going to play, but this guy is going to be a pro for ten years. I mean, just you listen to him. And just what he can do in the versatility, and he's strong. And again, I I like what J- uh, Jimbo Fisher's done there. Jimbo Jimbo Fisher's done there um, at Texas A&M, and I'm sure he didn't recruit him, but you're gonna see a lot of good players coming out of there.
0: And remember, Bird Gang, Rodney Hudson is the only offensive lineman, projected starting offensive lineman, that is signed past this upcoming season. So offensive line certainly a need looking forward for this Arizona Cardinals team. Kenyon Green in at number 33. Getting close to the towards the end, 32 on Mike Jarecki's big board. Clemson cornerback Andrew Booth, junior, junior year, six feet 194, and some question marks because he underwent surgery to repair a core muscle injury. Though according to reports, is expected to be ready for the start of training camp. But another one of those cornerbacks that the Cardinals might have an eye on.
1: Yeah, I mean usually that that surgery is done in, in Philadelphia. Uh, by the uh, renowned uh, specialist. so obviously not ideal, but it's not like an Achilles or an ACL where he's got to worry about. It. So he should be good. I like he's, he's very similar to, uh, you know, you look at Gordon, six feet, two hundred pounds. Um, he was first team All a- ACC. Led the team with three interceptions. You know, he's a um, he's a guy that's you know has he's only had started at fifteen games. Um, his first year, he really played on special teams. The last couple of years, he's played twenty two games. He started. Uh, 15. Um, you look at tackle for losses, not so much, but you look at solo interceptions, five. He had three last year, the two year before that, nine pass breakups. Again, I think he's more of a second round pick um, depending on where these guys go, but I, I think a t- team's going to take a flyer on him, but I do think he'll go in the second round.
0: So Andrew Booth Jr. in at number 32, and to wrap up our countdown from 40 to 31, tie it in first one that we've had an opportunity to discuss, and this is Colorado State tight end Trey McBride, senior, 6'4", 246. He basically was the best tight end all of last year, won the John Mackey Award, which gives, which is given to the nation's best tight end, but he is the first tight end on your top 50.
1: Yeah, and, and there's another one, Cade Otten at Washington, so I didn't have him in my top 50, but I like this I watched him play just based on you know when when you start looking at some of those highlights of the tight ends at the combine, uh, as you mentioned, he, he was a John Mackey Award, an unanimous first-team of Press All-American, two-time first-team all uh, Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, 2019 and 2020. He led uh, all tight ends with 1,021 yards in 2021. Uh, he was he accepted a, a invitation to the uh, Senior Bowl. I mean, this guy's been there for four years. Um, he's played in 40 games, 32 starts, 164 receptions, 2,100 yards, uh, average about 13 yards uh, um, a reception. Only 10 touchdowns. Maybe he was using a blocking game, and it only had six drops in, in in his entire career. This past season, six 100-yard receiving games.
0: So obviously, someone. That was a focal point within the Colorado State offense. We'll see how that translates to the National Football League. But again, tied in, it might not be top-heavy, but certainly deep in this draft, according to those that cover this, about as well as, well, it's their job. They cover it, and they... I believe tight end is certainly one of those positions that you can find maybe not on day one, but certainly day two and day three.
1: And this guy's wingspan is huge. I mean, he's six three, but you, you, when you look at him, he plays a lot. He plays a lot bigger than what his size is. You'll see he's a lot of tight ends six six and are skinny. Uh, this guy's six three and a, a quarter, or maybe main eighth, and he's about two hundred and fifty pounds. And his arms are thirty three. His wingspan is seventy eight. Wow, considering he's only six three. So, Trey McBride closes out our countdown from 40 to
0: 31. So, next up, we'll go from 30 to 21 as we work our way towards April 28th, first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. But so far, we are 20 deep into Mike Jarecki's top 50 countdown.
1: Yeah, now you're going to start to hear more household names. I mean, I think we've done a good job just obviously – I haven't counted offense versus defense. I think we had one tight end. Um, we've had a quarterback. Um, we'll 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 have another quarterback or two coming up. Um, but. Yeah, I'll have to go back and count to see how many offense versus defense. But as we get closer to the top 10, top 20, they they will become household names. It's a
0: good exercise. I'm glad we are doing it again this year. And again, Bird Gang, if you missed it or missed 50 to 41, just go back in the archives and you can uh, catch up. And we'll continue to do this as we get closer and closer as the days get shorter and the weeks get shorter. Draft day just right around the corner.